everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Mac and Forth Show. Yes, we're back, baby. Again. Well, kind of. Here it is. The Mac and Forth Show is back. Now it's slightly different than it used to be. It's uh, now just going to be a show with me, myself, moi, on my own. Yes, I know. Hang on, what was that? I could have sworn that was about 50% of the audience clicking off. And there go the other 49. So, sole listener, well, thank you for staying online and continuing to listen. So, yes, it's going to be a slightly different show moving forward um, because, as you know, if you listen to me on various other podcasts, I am still on the Essential Apple Show, hosted by Mark Chappell. And that is where we're going to do every week. Basically, the old format still goes on there. How Mac and Forth used to be still goes on via the Essential Apple podcast. But this is now going to become my own personal outlet. Yes, I'm going to try a show where I just talk on my own. I know. Scary. I'm scared. You should be scared too. Anyway, I'm just basically going to go through the week's um, Apple and tech-related news and just find stories that I find interesting and go through them and um, hopefully give you some insight or some at least, you know, some of my thoughts and opinions on these various tech stories and and hopefully have some fun with it. Rip the mick when things need to have the mick taken out of them. Point out some glaring inconsistencies, I hope, and and hopefully get some feedback from you. I'd like if you're out there listening, it'll be great to have some feedback from you, and it'll actually give me something to do halfway through the show, where I can uh, go through the feedback and and get it from you. Now, a few other shows are out there with one host. Obviously, Adam Christensen does a very a very very good job on his Maccast, and uh, you know, Mister William Green, he used to do the British Mac all on his own, pretty much. He hasn't done it for some while. I do miss him, but uh, you know, I, I'm going to try and do it myself on my own. Now, the reason for this, not because I've fallen out with anyone else. I don't do the falling out anymore. Done all that. Don't need to do it again. So uh, um, all it want, all it is, is um, as I've got a new job, as many of you have heard me on other shows maybe, you know, I've got a new job, and I have to get up every morning at 4.30 in the morning. It's, yes, I know, probably half of you don't even know there is a 4.30 in the morning, but it is. There really is. And I've got the bags under my eyes to prove it. So uh, I go out and I do my job and I finish about uh, mid-afternoon, early afternoon or midday sometimes when I'm really, you know, lucky. Um, however, the other work, you know, the other guys on the show, they have regular jobs. So they'd finish like five, six o'clock in the evening. They'd have to get a train home, commute home. They'd get in about eight o'clock. We'd start the show. Normally it used to be we'd start the show at eight. Well, we'd plan to start the show at eight. Then we'd go through various technical issues with people's microphones and stuff, <clears throat> Barry gentlemen. And uh, after about half an hour, we'd start in earnest and, and we would call the show. The show would go on for about an hour and a half. So now it's sort of getting up to about 10 o'clock. And I just want to die at this point because I've been awake all day long. Uh, then the show would wrap. We talk for you know, between ourselves about another half hour or so about what I have no idea but we used to and then so they'd all go off to bed lucky them and i would be stuck with editing the show so i can push it out early the next day so i'd edit the show quickly take out all all the swear words if any all the skype hitches if any uh i do the show docs i do the graphic and i'd get it all ready to post the next day then i'd go out the next morning after going to bed about midnight or just past midnight wake up at 4 30 
head on the road, listen to the listen to the recording to make sure there was no glaring mistakes in it. And if there wasn't, by the time I reached the service station or just north of Northampton, I'd sit in a car park and release the show and do all the social networking uh, stuff that you have to do with these things. And then the show would be out. Now, I did that for a while and it started to kill me. It really started to like make the rest of my week hell because I was so far behind on my sleeping i just i just couldn't do it anymore so that was when mark very kindly stepped in and said he'd take over the uh the chat show more format and he developed us essential apple which has left me free to do this this one man show kind of thing now i'm not going to do it all in one hit like a lot of other people do so my plan is to pick a story from a day during the week and just do a little 10 minute record a little 10 minute part about that story and then at the end of the week or over the weekend i'd stitch them all together in one podcast and i'd push that out either sunday evening or monday morning and that's the idea of how i'm going to do the format it's still going to have the same name mac and forth all the links still work uh, you can still get hold of me on social media via twitter and facebook and all those other places I'd still love a review if you still, you know, now we're back. I'd still love some reviews coming in of the new format. Obviously, once you've heard it, I'd like to hear your feedback on the new format and and give me some suggestions and things like that. I will be having a number of various sections of the show, not the same every week because it will chop and change based on, you know, the content that is available on a weekly basis. But I do plan to try and pep things up, keep them interesting Keep them interested. You've got to keep your energy up, as Alan Partridge said. You've got to keep your energy up. But, uh, yes, yeah, so, so we'll see how things go. Hopefully this will not be a big strain on me because only having to record, say, 10 minutes a day shouldn't be that much of a challenge, <clears throat> he said unknowingly. And uh, the, so the plan is that, like I say, I get about five shows of 10 minutes, stitch them all together. That's about a 50-minute show. Not too long, I hope. We can always come down. I could always stop. Actually, that would be if you if you all say, for the love of God, stop, man. What are you doing? I will be uh, quite receptive to that if you so wish. But yes, so everything will carry on. But this will be a new format for me. And well, hopefully it will be a venue for you to chat back to me as well through various forms like um, emails. And even if you want to send in audio, if you're capable of sending an audio, that would be better. That would be great, too. Uh, I'd be more than willing to play it on the show with one caveat. If you're going to be negative, if you're going to be anti-anything, I'm not playing it. I don't want to do anti-stuff. I'll be doing all the anti-stuff. If you want to, <laughs> if you want to like praise things or feel engaged about things or enthusiastic about things, that's fine. Negativity, take it somewhere else. I'm not interested because um, there's plenty of that already out there in the world. So that's basically it. This is the intro. Like I say, never have to hear this again once I've done it this one time. So from now on, We'll just get on with the stories. And here we go. So let's kick things off, shall we? So one of my favorite things of the iPhone is the capabilities of the device when it comes to video shooting. Now, firstly, everybody now carries around a camera in their pocket. Uh, sorry, a, f- a phone, a smartphone in their pocket of which they can normally get some really good images. Now, obviously, they're not the same quality of a dedicated camera, and especially not one as a, such as a DSLR, for example, but they are improving all the time. Every every iteration, a better, uh, cell, you know, a better cell goes in there, and the 
the um, megapixel count goes up. Now, as we all probably know by now, megapixel counts doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's all about the size of the pixels and all other gubbins and the glass and all the processing things that go on behind the scenes to make a picture look good. Now, it's, you know, like my dear friend Alex, he absolutely detests <laughs> camera phones, uh, but he's a professional photographer, so why shouldn't he? So I can understand his point of view, but at the same time, as a being a, a pure amateur and a pure layman, um, back in the day, I never, I could never afford a DSLR. I could never afford a proper camera. I used to have like little crummy pocket cameras or those ones that you bought from boots the little cardboard ones that you you sort of wind on and click and then you send off the entire box camera to be processed and sent back to you in fact even in the days when i did finally have a camera and i had to put my own roll of film in the amount of times i sent off a blank film because i could connect up the film roll properly to the insides of the camera oh god Ah, oh, yeah, I don't even want to think about that. So to me, an iPhone is perfect for the camera. But strangely enough, it's not the still photography that I find the most interesting. It's the video photography. Ever since I was young, I've always been, I've always wanted to be a filmmaker, you know, live my dreams and all this nonsense. You know, ever since I saw Star Wars and Indiana Jones and all these other big films of my youth, I've always wanted to be able to tell a story through video and, 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 I remember when I was young, me me and my friends, we used to go over Epping Forest. Now, stay with me before you think you know where this story is going. I used to go over Epping Forest. We had this big clunky. My mate was quite rich, and he had this big clunky camcorder, like the huge one where you put a full-size VHS tape into it, and you'd have to carry it around on your shoulder, and it weighed a ton, and it was <laughs> it was horrible. Um, and we used to try and make horror movies over Epping Forest, which was basically, you know, we was trying to rip off Evil Dead, basically, where there's a stalker or something. Something's in the woods chasing after someone. Um, and sometimes the police caught us. It was very embarrassing. But uh, on the whole, we, we, we tried to do these films, and we was rubbish at it. Let's, let's be honest here. And it wasn't so much just the shooting with the camera itself, which, you know, by today's standards was a pile of junk, granted. Um, it was afterwards, when it came to editing, there was no... Fantastic. Well, there was no cheap way to edit the stuff. You had to get like two videos going, and then you'd pause one and and find the new place you want to cut, and then you'd unpause it and carry on recording. It was a complete mess. It was a complete mess. I, I remember I once tried. To, I I read an entire script for a film based on the role playing game Shadowrun, and we we done one scene where it was supposedly set into a bar set in a bar and it had about six people doing dialogue and I recorded everyone doing their dialogue and then I had to try and edit it all together and, and you know, do cross cuts and, and half shots and, and mid shots and close ups and things like, oh, and it just drove me insane. It took so long. And now I look at what is basically in our phones and my God, it would have been so much easier if I could have just used the modern day technology to do what I wanted to do then. It is just astounding what you can do. Now, obviously, you can just hold up your phone and shoot something, um, not even think about it, and post that to Facebook, to Twitter, Snapchat, wherever you want to post it. But if you just want to take a little bit of time, you can produce some really fantastic results on your iPhone using video things. Now, there's all kinds of things out there to help you get an even better shot. There's apps galore. So we'll start off with, actually, we'll go back. We rewind to actually capturing the video. So for example, I've recently gone into a bit of a, a splurge when it comes to exter 
um, accessories. And I was sent a few as well, quite luckily, to review. So I recently got sent the uh, Manfrotto Pixie Mini Tripod, which, as it sounds, is just basically a mini tripod. But it's really nice because you can fold up the legs and it hold, it creates a nice grip for you to hold your, your phone steady. Most people, when we got our phones out, we sort of up and down, we sort of, you get this sort of wave effect going on as you sort of tilt the camera side to side. It looks like the enterprise is under attack except everyone's not running side to side but it gives you a nice balance for for holding your your device i've also got got sent a, a manfrotto clamp as well which is very handy now there's a number of clamps around that you can get and they all have the the little fitting the little fixing screw so you can affix it to a tripod and just these two items alone can help you with your videography it can make you have a really steady shot especially if you've got this the six plus type models where they've got the image stabilization also built into them you can get some really nice nice um, shots from them so that's one of the most basic way to get a good steady shot i've also went out and i really did splurge on this one i went and bought a <laughs> i'm not i'm going to pronounce this completely wrong a firutech g4 pro three axis handheld stabilization gimbal for the iphone now this came in about just over 200 quid i think it was and what it is is a motorized handheld device where you slot your iphone into it and once you turn it on you can wave this stick around it's basically like a stick like a torch you can wave it around but the phone will stay absolutely steady uh, using a free axis gimbal and it can produce some fantastic gliding shots if you so wish so if you want to do pans and follow people along or hold it outside of the car window as long as it's safe you can get some fantastic shots with this this um, stabilization gimbal, and it is quite incredible. And 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 like I say, the the fact that you can show now 4K on our phones can produce some amazing results. Now, okay, granted, you might not want to shoot 4K because you might think, well, I've only got a 1080p um, screen. Uh, most people don't watch 4K stuff. But once you've got a 4K image, you can use one of your editing software, for example, iMovie or Final Cut Pro, to zoom in on that 4K image and and get like basically use it as a zoom-in device. So you can pick and choose what you want to see in a frame and create some nice pans and things like that. It's really handy. So obviously there, I mentioned two post-processing things like iMovie and Final Cut Pro, but there's also ones that you can not only use on the Mac, but actually on... The, your ios device as well so obviously the most you know obvious one is imovie uh you just drag videos in cut them splice them add music add audio add voiceover you can do whatever you want to them and you can produce some really nice results imovie is a bit of a kludge though it's it's it works fine it just takes a while to get used to and some of the features are hidden i am particularly at the moment love using this application called splice uh, now this was recently bought out by gopro it used to be called something else. I think it was called Replay. I'm not sure what it used to be called, but I'm sure it's called something else. And this is a free app at the moment in the iStore, totally universal. So if you've got an iPad Pro, this looks amazing on it. And what you do is you can import all your videos from iCloud or your device. You can change the settings. You can trim them. You can make them put, add filters on it. You can speed them up. You can slow them down. You can do insert. You can do all kinds of things. You can add titles, wipes, the lot. You, it's absolutely amazing what you can do. The only thing that you can't do that I've discovered so far is separate the audio 
So you can do a sort of cutaway scene, you know, where the audio continues to play, but you cut away and you, you, you insert another clip and then come out. Now, that might be possible. I'm not sure. But if it is, I haven't found a way to do it yet. But I do thoroughly enjoy using these apps. They are absolutely brilliant for making short, interesting videos. And, of course, it doesn't end there. In the modern-day iOS, the plethora of apps out there, there's, there's now applications that will automatically take your images that you've shot or your video that you've shot and create a movie. Now, most famously, this is coming to iOS, but Google Photos has been doing it for a while now. So even if you go out and you do shoot a load of video, even if it's just like five-second clips here and there, these applications can stick them all together and present you with a totally entertaining little movie that you're more than willing to share and and it actually looks like you you know most of the time they work really well if you're if you make sure you shoot some nice steady shots and some good looking shots it can produce a really nice looking video without you having to do any of the editing i mean you can drag and drop put them into whatever order you wish but then just let it do its work and it will sync it to music and then you can share it via facebook or youtube or, or anything really it's it's quite astounding and then you know, rather than just have a few image, still images of a day, say out at Fort Park or on the beach or something, you can create this little video that will stick with you, be with you forever, and 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 you'll get all the images of that day and all the sound and everything of that day, and you have to do very little. And people may moan about photos and you know the fact that we put all kinds of filters on them and stuff like that. But uh, when it comes to video, we're much more engaged and we're much more entertained. Like a, a photograph can say a thousand words granted but a video it's just sometimes you can just get so much um in imagery and and emotion from a video with the music and you know people in it and and you you know it not only just capturing a still of a moment and a smile you can actually catch your child fully beaming and running around and totally enjoying themselves they're absolutely brilliant these things and like i say it's not like the old days where you shoot three hours of video and then you force people to sit there and watch all three hours no you can create little snippets of of video and just share them as and when you need them even just you know every day on a holiday you can just create a a little video to send back to your loved ones. It is absolutely standard. And like I say, most of these apps are free. Uh, the additions are very cheap. Apart from my stabilization, stabilization gimbal, the rest of the clamps and the tripod are, are like 20 quid and, and things like this. And you can produce some really nice results. And if you've never really used your iDevice for shooting video, really do go in and, and slide that little selector at the bottom in the photos app and just put it on video and, and go and have a little play and see if you are you could well be the next Spielberg the next well not, I was going to say George Lucas but he kind of lost his way a bit didn't he but uh, you know you could be the next Martin Scorsese it's really up to you you can just do whatever you want you really should try out the video stuff it is and can be fantastic so Apple this week have reported their third quarter financial results just this Tuesday, just gone actually. And apparently they're still doing okay. They're going to be around next week, I think it's safe to say. Uh, they made, apparently, a mere, a mere. Now, I know a lot of us are on hard times, but poor old Apple, they've got to make do with, they posted a quarterly revenue of 424 billion dollars uh which makes a quarterly net income of just 7.8 billion dollars 7.8 billion dollars think about that for a moment think how many zeros that is 
Now think of all the doom and gloom and everything that you hear related to Apple over the last few months, how they're doomed to failure. I'm sure one day there will be. Nothing can go on forever. After all, let's face it. Um, But at the moment, with income riding like that, they are still reportedly every day someone proclaims they're doomed or they must do this or they must do that. And it's an easy target. I don't want to be one of those people who lambast these people for doing it, even though they knew, do need to be lambasted a lot of the time. But it's just too easy. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. But I'd, I mean, they're doing well. Let's put it that way. Now, there is a lot made of financial results and what the, you know, the various financial quarters think about Apple. Now, we have, as users, have to remember that the Apple that we engage with and enjoy hopefully on most counts is nothing to do with the finances the finance people are using apple to make money they are not they don't care about the latest iphone that apple has been working on or the latest ipad or the new macs coming out or any of that thing all they want to know is if the money is the money they've got invested in apple going to make them more money that's it That's all they care about, and that's their job. So Apple is just one string on many of their bows, which they are using to try and make money. Now, the tech press is normally so bereft of real Apple news that they will jump on anything to report it. And so when you get some analysts come on and say, Apple is doomed if it doesn't do this, that, or the other, or Apple is doing great if it does this, that, and the other, or look at what Apple's doing, or look at what not Apple's doing, or Apple must do this, or Apple's not doing that. Remember, every single one of them stories has nothing to do with actual Apple. What they are being reported on is what they are telling their customers normally, you know, the people who have these funds with them, is this is what they think Apple is going to do. And that's it. There's no other inside knowledge. You look at some of these people who whose names come up again and again, and some, you know, some do get it right. But then if you throw enough things at the wall, some things are going to stick. So, yes, they might get a lot of things right, but they also get an incredible amount of things wrong. And you, we must remember that they have their own agenda. They are not on the same page as the rest of us users and and fans or whatever you want to call yourself. I mean, you can call yourself a fanboy. It doesn't matter. There's no there's no insult to that. If you want to be a fanboy, you're a fanboy. Who cares? Right? But I just don't want anyone who listens to this, and I'm sure you don't. I'm sure you're intelligent enough to work it out that these places that report these supposed facts are literally after your clicks. They want your clicks to go to their sites, to view their adverts, unless you've got an ad blocker, to see the adverts so they can make a little bit of revenue to continue doing what they do. And that's it. At the moment, Apple is set for years. They have got enough money in their war chest to go for years. They do not have to make anything for years, and they will still be fine. Now, they're not going to do that for example, I'm pretty sure that the last iPhone that came out will not be the last iPhone. I'm sure there will be another one. I'm sure there will be more Macs. We are in a bit of a drought at the moment, but I'm sure at some point there will be more Macs. There will be more Apple TVs. There will be all kinds of new things, you know, stuff that, you know, apparently they're working on that we can't even imagine, they say all the time. Will there be a car? 
Who knows, right? That's the joy of following this stuff. And if it doesn't interest you, then your chances are you're not following it. Or if it doesn't interest you and you are following it, what are you doing? Go outside and fly a kite or something, for God's sake. Don't waste your time. But uh, no, I mean, financial analysts, they are there to make money for other people or themselves. And they just want Apple's stock price to work for them. That's it. That is all it is. And you can see some of the things they do. In fact, I'm amazed sometimes some of these companies are not investigated because it just seems that sometimes they report such outlandish things that I have to wonder if the other areas that they cover, they do exactly the same thing. For example, we'll read a story and as Apple users, we'll think, how can that possibly be true? Is this, you know, are they doing the same things to the pharmaceutical markets or the oil markets, you know, where they're saying, out of Saudi Arabia is suddenly converting all oil fields to water generating fields and things like this. Who knows? I mean, I don't know. I don't follow that stuff. I'm sure there's somewhere, somewhere maybe there's a pharmaceutical fanboy who's going, oh my God, how could they possibly be doing that? That sounds ridiculous. I don't know. But uh, all I do know is what they normally report about Apple is ridiculous. And strangely enough, though, when they reported their earnings, which were above what they Apple predicted, the uh, stock price actually went up for once rather than crashing. So uh, if you have got Apple stock, you were a little bit richer on the day they announced these, these earnings. So hurrah. But uh, yep, on the whole, Apple are doing still very well. They are still growing. If you take out the equation... The, the the year they bought out the six and then the following the six s where there was so it appears to be such pent up demand for these larger phones where they broke all kinds of their own records. If you take that year out of the equation, then Apple is still growing pretty much year on year. But with those in, it's very hard for Apple to make that kind of impact again. And obviously, the third quarter is normally the weakest quarter because by the fourth quarter, they start to have their promotion for back to school. And then by the time it ticks over again to the first quarter is sometime in the new year where all their new stuff comes out and that's all counted in with those first quarter results. So by then, if you believe some of the rumors, we sh- we'll have new iPhones, we'll have new Macs <clears throat> and all kinds of wonderful things apparently uh one note that i always do find interesting on the on these things is the services now they're saying uh itunes um stuff from itunes and things like this like movies and songs and stuff that has gone up a significant amount so that's good i mean because i myself with all these promotions that they're doing with videos on itunes at the moment i have bought an obscene amount of movies for like granted only 3.99 each and things like this but they have some wonderful deals. It's like every week and every weekend, they have got better and better deals than some of these movies. And not just singular movies, but bundles as well. Like you can pick up just this week, the entire Bourne collection, minus the one that's currently in the movies, in, in the theatres, I mean, uh, for a tenner, less than a tenner. That's fantastic. £2.50 a movie. Now, granted, they're old movies, but they're still fantastic movies and they're well worth picking up. Um, and, you know, they do promotions with books, with music, with TV shows. In fact, really do keep an eye on. If you, if you don't mind buying digital formatted stuff, iTunes is fantastic. Uh, I know you can also get deals on Amazon and Google, but you know if you're in the Apple sphere, because video has, no matter who you get it from, has got DRM on it, I just go with iTunes because it's, you know, virtually everything I own works with iTunes. So sometimes it's a bit trickier to get stuff from Google Play in and, and Amazon in because they've got their own DRM on it. And 
you need to be signed into to their you know services to to, to play the stuff. But iTunes just wonderful, and uh, I've really been enjoying some of the offerings lately. So there you go. So I just wanted to quickly go over again. Whenever these earnings come out, there's a lot of doomsayers. There's a lot of people who are positive, but on the whole, if you are just an Apple user, I really wouldn't worry about what any of it means because they are not going anywhere. They are not going anywhere. Tim Cook is not going anywhere. You know, fingers crossed he's not going anywhere. It's, it's it's just crazy the way they go on. But again, it makes good headlines or it creates good headlines, which means we'll all click through, which means some of these unscrupulous sites will make money from us clicking through and being served adverts. But on the whole, there's no need to panic yet. Now, are you waiting expectantly for news on when we will finally get the new iPhone 7 or when it will be announced? Well, it looks like a particular blogger somewhere out there on the internet, yes, the internet, um, has decided, has, has foretold when exactly we are going to get the new release of the new iPhone. And, and his reasoning is, is something that is purely worthy of being Sherlocked. What appears to vex you so? I'm troubled, Watson. Deeply troubled. What on earth by? These reports. They confound the senses. What in heaven's name are you on about, Holmes? A blogger has supposedly unraveled the possible announcement schedule of the next iPhone and has stated it will be the second week of September and will ship the Friday of the following week. By Jove, Holmes! Precisely, Watson. Imagine the acumen required to decipher such a seemingly incomprehensible mystery. Why, it simply boggles the mind. When were the previous phones announced, Holmes? Well, the iPhone 6 was announced during the second week of September 2014 and shipped the following week on the Friday. I see. Its successor, the iPhone 6S, was also announced during the second week of September, but one whole year later. And this blogger chappy thinks the next one will be this year, during, effectively, the second week of September. Just like the last ones. Yes, 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 Watson. His deductive reasoning and the intellectual gymnastics required are quite astonishing and leave me aghast and utterly confounded. Huh. Right. Okay. Holmes? Yes, Watson? Have you been at the needle again? There you go, some fantastic detective work there. Inspired, inspired. Well, that's pretty much for this first show of me doing it on my own. Like I say, new format. It will change over time. I've got to find my way a little bit, figure out what works, what doesn't work, and introduce some more things as we go along as well, which I'm really looking forward to giving a try. So all it's left for me to do is do the usual wrap-up things. So as always, you can get hold of the Mac and Forth show at macandforth.com. If you want to contact me, I'm probably best way to do that is on Twitter at Claw0101. If you want to follow the uh, show on Twitter, it's simply Mac and Forth. Uh, you, we've also got a Facebook page if you want to find us on Facebook and a Google Plus community as well if you're still one of the few who seem to be using Google Plus, which was a shame because I always thought it was a good platform, but it just seems to be dying on the vine, unfortunately. Again, if you want to email us, macandforth at gmail.com. Yeah, I can't be bothered to pay for a domain. So there you go, an email domain anyway. Uh, and that's pretty much it. So until next week when I return again on my lonesome uh, to try and do another show, 
Stay safe and be nice to each other. Bye.